<coughs> chapter 4. This isn't the message, but I do want to share this and preface what I'm about to admonish you with today. But in, in, in chapter 4, it, it gives you the list of the fivefold ministry gifts. Verse 11, chapter 4 of Ephesians, And he himself gave, gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So there's five ministry gifts right there that are necessary for the local church. We have the evangelist coming Easter. I'm looking forward to it. You got a pastor or you got a preacher here today, amen? Why do you need the fivefold ministry? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to be a perfect or mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Look at verse 14. That we should no longer be what? Children. Tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, running loony runs. Oh, I'm sorry, that isn't in there. I just threw that in there. By the trickery of man and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up. See, bottom line, God wants you and I to grow up in all things into him or Christ, who's the head, Christ, from the, who, from the whole body. Are you part of the body? If you're a born-again believer, you're a part of the body of Christ, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, now this is my message today, but I want you to see something. When everybody in the local church does their part, does their share, it'll cause growth. That means everybody here is gifted. You might be here today and say, I don't have anything to offer. Well, you're listening to the wrong, you know, voice. If you're a child or son of, or daughter of God, you have something to contribute to the body of Christ. We're all different, aren't we? Sure we are. But it says if every part does its share, and, and that's why I want to say something, how important the helps ministry is. What's the helps ministry? Well, we gave you the fivefold ministry gifts, apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher, but there's the helps ministry. That means you've got something you can contribute. Now, the other day, the last few days, I guess the Shaners, the Lee Wands and Candace, um, Brian and Val and McKenna painted. Am I missing anybody else that painted? They spent time in there painting in the, those big walls in there in, in the fellowship hall. Then Brian came the next day and buffed the floor. That's what I'm saying. Everybody has something to contribute. And this year, we need you. And what I'm going to do is we're going to do some changes back there. We're going to put up a board. It's going to be a helps ministry board. And uh, we're going to put up on that board things that need to be done. Now, I, I, it's my job to delegate to Pastor Brad, and it's Pastor Brad's job, and he's learning to delegate to other people. See, 
Pastor Mike and Pastor Brad shouldn't have to do everything. Our job is to teach, to admonish, to encourage, discipline you so you can grow up. It's your job to fix things. It's your job to clean things. It's your job to keep this building where it needs to be. And so I want to I want to thank you for doing that. But this year, if you're called upon to do something, maybe you won't even be asked to do something. Maybe you'll be led by the Spirit. And we won't have to ask you to clean or to fix or to do this or to do that. You'll do it because you just know in your heart you want to serve. You know, and if you'll do that, the church will grow. But if you don't do that, the church can't grow. In the early years of ministry, you know, there's times I did, I did a lot of things that I shouldn't have been doing. And when you're a pastor, sometimes as you get started, you have to do those things. But I'm trying to teach and train Pastor Brad that he isn't supposed to do everything. And the thing is, the poor guy, he's too much like me. If it isn't going to get done, he's going to do it. But if that's the case, then the body can't grow. The church can't grow. So men, especially men, if we need things done, we need to do it. Amen. Was that the sermon somebody said? No, it wasn't. I want to go on today, and we're looking at the church, the importance of the local church, and the principles that are necessary that will encourage growth and will encourage blessings. Dr. Barclay said, you know, if you're going to have a church, it needs to be a church that where people love you. How, how, how important is love? I was reading something the other yesterday. People don't know what agape love is. They know what phileo love is because that's friendship love, but they have no idea what agape love is. It's, there's a difference. Then we need to be a Christ-governed church. Who needs to be the head of the church? Who is the head of the church? He's, he's the great shepherd. I'm just an under-shepherd. Then we need to train people. That Boy, there's training going on this year. We're going to have security training. In fact, who was it said, did you ask me that said we need a wrestling mat over there? we got to find a wrestling mat. I don't know what we're going to be doing, but it looks like it's going to be fun. Okay. Then, then number four, the church needs to be an evangelistic center. We need to learn about evangelism. Okay. So I want to go look in, in uh, Acts. Get your Bible and open it up to the book of Acts. I don't want you to necessarily, you know, I'll read these scriptures today, but We've been talking about the first thing, the first pre prerequisite for, for a church to grow, a church to be effective, is that we need to be in one accord. Everyone say in one accord. I'm not talking about a Honda. I'm talking about one purpose and one mind. Now, the Amplified Bible, I'm going to read it from the Amplified, these verses. I'm going to read... Acts 1.14, Acts 2.1 and 40, 46, and Acts 8, verses 5 through 8. But listen to these scriptures. 
concerning the early church, all of these with their minds in full agreement. So the early church were in one accord, their minds were in full agreement. And it says they were all assembled together in one place in the upper room. It says then, and day after day they regularly assembled in the temple with united purpose. Then chapter 8, it says, and great crowds of people with one accord listened to and heeded what was said by Philip. In one accord means this, it means being unanimous, having mutual consent being in agreement, having group unity, having one mind and purpose, a harmony leading to action. I'm going to pick on the Heckards because you got a lot of kids, and they're all girls. <laughs> Has there ever been a time as you've raised these girls that you weren't in one accord? <laughs> in, in other words, you weren't in agreement? Well, all the, you know, every day that ends in a Y. Is, do you find it sometimes hard and difficult as a parent and challenging to get everybody in agreement? Yeah. Can you, rest of you parents, maybe you've raised your kids. But you remember the days when you weren't in agreement on where you wanted to eat. That's the way it's Sunday just depresses me. I have depression falls on me on Sunday, right after church, because everybody, wh where are we going to eat? And four, three, three or four people want to go to different places. And I just get so tired because I'll say, well, let's go there. And they'll go, Michael will go, nah, I don't want to eat that. Nah, 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 nah. So it just wears me out. I just, just have a loaf of bread and some peanut butter and just stay in the sanctuary and eat. But we as a church, especially this year, we need to be in one accord. We need to be in agreement. I just gave you some things from Ephesians about we need to be in agreement. What do we need to be in agreement about? We need to be in agreement about every part doing the share. Everybody rolling up their sleeves and doing what it takes to make the church go. Amen? Now, there are three things. I don't know I'll get through all of them, but I, I was ready to go on from in one accord, and I couldn't do it. We had, I had to stay there. And I believe the Spirit of God wants to um, add to some, some things that have already been said. There are three things concerning being in one accord. Now, what's in one accord mean? United, one purpose, one mind, we're thinking the same thing, we're talking the same thing, we're believing the same thing. In Acts chapter 1, look there, if you if you found your place there. Look at verse 14. This is the first thing that we at Harvest Church need to be in one accord. It says in verse 14, these all continued with one accord, one purpose, or one mind in what? In prayer. So this year in 2018, we as a church body need to be in agreement, one mind, one purpose, in one accord concerning the subject of prayer, especially united prayer. We pray on Wednesday nights unless we have teaching or something else going on. We come together corporately to pray. Now listen, I know this is the early church. Do you think the church has grown in the last, you know, 
how many years, 2,000 years. I think the church has matured to a point. We still got some areas. But there were some things the early church did that were right on. And the first thing was they prayed in one accord. Back then, you didn't have to pump them up to come to the temple or come to a, a house to pray. They were just led by the Spirit of God. They wanted to pray. And you say, I don't like to pray. Now, listen to me. This, now, I'm going to tell you something. I believe in the body of Christ. We're all different, aren't we? All different personalities. We all have different gifts. Some people lend more to pray. Terry, I'll just pick on Terry Dahlkater. Terry Dahlkater, you talk about him and, and ask him what he's interested in. He prays evangelism. These are two things about Dahlkater, prayer and evangelism, witnessing, prayer and evangelism. That's what motivates him. But you know, you might not be that way. You might not be given to prayer. You might be given to, you know, really sitting down and, and studying the Bible. You might be given to service. How many like to serve? I like to serve. See, if I wasn't a preacher, I'd be, I'd be the head of this helps ministry. Whether Brad wanted me or not, I'd be the head of it. Why? Because I like to serve. Some people are gifted. They want to lead the way. So we're all different. So don't beat yourself up if you don't, if you don't think and feel like I, I'm not a prayer warrior. You can learn to pray. And no, that might not be at the top of your list, but you've got to see its priority. It's important for you to understand if you're the head of your household, you might be a single parent, you've got to pray for your seed. You've got to pray. And the early church understood that. All of these with their minds in full agreement devoted themselves steadfastly to prayer. They devoted themselves steadfastly to prayer. Now, I've been, I, see, I like to pray. I pray in the Spirit, and I pray, I pray in other tongues. You say, what that's, what's that all about? Well, that's another whole teaching, but if you look at the early church, they pray, came together, and they prayed a united prayer in their native tongue, but they prayed in the Spirit. In other words, they prayed out of their heart. The Bible says, be filled with the Spirit. See, being born again, that's the well of water. But when you're filled with the Holy Ghost or baptized with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So I pray in the Spirit a lot, especially early on. And I just discovered, yeah, and I do pray a lot in the Spirit, but I just discovered yesterday when I was reading a book, that I'm not praying enough in the Spirit. And I, I really think I pray a lot. But evidently not enough. And if the preacher's not praying enough in the Spirit, should I move on or go to another subject? This is the year you got to pray. 
If you've not been filled with the Spirit of God, then you need to be. Because the Holy Ghost will help you pray. And when you don't know how to pray about things, you pray from your spirit in that language, that spiritual language that God gives you. Now, I wrote this down, and this is written by Matthew Henry. And I, it's written in his, this, you can tell the way I, when I read it, the vernacular, it's different because it's years ago. But listen to what he said concerning what I just talked to you about the early church coming into agreement to pray. He says, they had prayed more together of late than usual. And this made them one love one another better. You mean if you pray more, you're going to love more? And see, that's what I was sitting at my desk yesterday. And I got this book out and was reading about praying in the Spirit. And I realized, you know, that I didn't so much have a fear problem as I had a love problem. You know, I've struggled with fear my whole life. It's always been like behind me. What do you mean, talking about preacher, you've been afraid? Sure. All of us have fear. Some of us just aren't humble enough to admit it. You can be afraid of heights, you can be afraid of this, you can be afraid of that, you can be afraid of whatever. We're all different. But God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And so as I was reading this book, and I had read this book 10 years ago, and I had it outlined, and I had it out again, and I was reading it, I discovered, you know, that perfect love casts out so it's not so much that it's a fear problem i gotta develop the love on the inside of me for god and for you now that that i got to deal with that you deal with what you gotta deal with and it was years ago, one of the first prophecies when I was about as green as can be and wet behind the ears, I had a prophecy that said that, uh, and I wish I'd, I'd brought it, that God, th there would be a brokenness inside of me and all that would ooze out of me would be the love of God. And to me, that was always, well, that's a, that's a high, tall goal or whatever. But I've recognized that my love walk, I need to love my wife more. I love her. I need to love my kids more. I need to love that gal at McDonald's that gives me my coffee and almost spills it on me more. And the idiot in front of me that won't get out of the way so I can get my coffee spilled on me. See, we all have, I'm in the, how many are impatient? Let me see the hands if you are given towards impatience. And the thing is, the older I get, I recognize my character flaws. I recognize, man, I, I'm 60 years old. And sometimes I still act like an idiot. Talk like an idiot let alone I'm a son of God and I represent Jesus Christ and look at the way I act, look at the way I talk, and God forbid, look at the way I think. Does that hit home for you or is it just me? 
And I've learned, you know, and so what I found out yesterday is that I got to pray in the Spirit more. And I started out my ministry that way. When I was first saved and back in the 70s when, and I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I got saved and I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And I've told you stories about it, the friend of mine that was on drugs and then opened the car door at 60 miles an hour and tried to commit suicide and he lived and he ended up getting saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, went to Bible school and I followed him in his footsteps. And I would shut myself up in my bedroom at home. My, my dad had passed away, so it was just my mother and I. And I'd shut the door and I'd get on my knees and I'd pray in tongues. And to the point where my mother would tell her sister, I'm really worried about Mike. He shut himself up in his room and all he does is pray. And I found out later, I had revelation later, I was doing that because God was preparing and I was praying out my future. I was praying out her. I was praying out the ministry. Had no idea because I was praying in the Spirit. Our minds don't get it all, but the Spirit does. And I was praying it out in the Spirit, setting things in motion, preparing my future, making a supply of the Spirit for the future. But I, I want to tell you today, and I say this, and I've already admitted this, if you struggle with fear of any kind, and I used to beat myself up till I found out the Rick Renner, the great Greek scholar that's written books, that's won how many m millions of people to Christ in Russia, couldn't walk across the bridge because he was just mortified and he was just fearful. He'd, he'd just crawl on his hands and knees. So everybody's different. But if you learn to pray, as the early church did, individually, pray in the Spirit, it'll develop that love. And see, that's what I got to work on. Maybe it's just me. I'm just, maybe I'm just preaching to me. Maybe I'm the only one here in this room that could probably have a more developed, more mature love walk. Probably is. So let's go on. Spirit of God said all that just for me. Matthew Henry said, they had prayed more together of late than usual, and this made them love one another better. Bottom line, if you'll pray at home, and if you'll come to church and pray in corporate prayer, united prayer, it, it, it'll do something with your love walk. You'll learn to love God more. You'll learn to love other people in the church more. Isn't that a good thing? That should encourage you to pray. In fact, in Jude, it talks about building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourself in the love of God. It says, by his grace, this is Henry, he, he thus prepared them. Who did he prepare? The early church. For the gift of the Holy Ghost. For that blessed, now listen, for that blessed dove, in reference to the Holy Spirit, comes not when there is noise or clamor, but moves upon the face of still waters, not the rugged ones. So where does the Spirit of God move? When what? The waters are what? Yeah, not stirred up. Isn't it, isn't it nice in your family, in your, in your home, when things aren't all stirred up? 
and the kids aren't screaming, and mom and dad aren't screaming, and isn't it just, just don't you relish that when you can go home and it, there's peace? The Spirit of God moves on the still waters. That's He's quoting in Genesis, remember, when the Spirit of God hovered above the waters. Not the not the 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 the, the water that there were waves and winds and storms. He says, Would we have the Spirit poured out upon us from on high? Let us all be of one accord. Let us agree to love one another. So I want to encourage you. We're talking about prayer today and and how important it is in helping you develop your love walk with God and with one another. That's good, is it not? Look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. We're talking the first first component here of, of the church as far as being in one accord was, was the subject of prayer. And it says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And in prayers. One translation says, and they steadfastly persevered, devoting themselves constantly to the instruction and fellowship of the apostles, to the breaking of bread and prayers. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 states, pray without ceasing. So pray all the time. Pray all the time. Pray when things are going good. Pray when things are going bad. Pray when things are happy. Pray when things are sad. Look at uh, Acts 4. Look over another chapter. Here's another example. Peter and John were arrested in chapter 4, thrown in jail. The authorities said, oh, you can't, you can't teach or preach in the name of Jesus anymore. But, you know, do you think they obeyed? No, they did not. Well, after they basically threatened Peter and John and told them they couldn't speak these things, you know, Peter and John said, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for, it, for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Remember the man that was healed. Then in verse 23, I want you to see this. And being let go, they went to their own companions. Did you see that? They, they got arrested, thrown in jail, threatened, they were beaten. Then it says when it was all over, did they run, turn tail and run? No, it says, being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. Verse 24, so when they heard that, they heard that, they raised their what? Voice to God and with what? One accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them. 
who by the mouth of your servant David have said, Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand. The rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod, Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles, the people of Israel, were gathered together. So they're all in accord saying this, to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had... And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. I, that, I like reading that. Do You see, when people pray, come together, it's prayer. Prayer is a selfless act of love, simply that. Prayer is this, a, a selfless act of love. You give of yourself to pray. It says the place where they were assembled together was shaken. I say this, and I can't, I can't tell you because I, I'm not a prophet, but I, I do know some things in my heart. There's some things that are going to take place this year, I believe, that are going to astound us. In a good way. There's always the bad. There's always the negative. There's always the evil. But I think some things are going to take place in your life and in your family and in this church corporately. By the end of the year, we're going to look back and say, wow. I believe that. With all my heart. So they, play, they prayed. And as a result, the place was shaken. I can't, and it's, it's not my job and responsibility to force you to pray. It's my responsibility to encourage you, give you the benefits and the blessings. Today, you ought to learn, hey, I need to pray more because it's going to help my love walk. That's a positive thing. And then you're going to have to find out that we, we got to pray as a church. We have when we have prayer, we schedule prayer. How now how many of you would agree with me that I don't just come to pray to, you know, pray? I come, and how long do we usually pray, folks? 30 minutes. I'm not one of these that's praying for Uncle Susie and Uncle Bob and Billy Bob on the other side of the world that's a missionary. And, I want to pray we are called to pray for the president, pray for those in authority, pray for our city, pray for the lost. So I encourage you this year to think about coming to prayer. But in order to do that, you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And pray in tongues, pray in the Spirit, because when we pray corporately, we pray. I pray, I'll say, I'll pray out, many times I'll pray Scripture. And then you'll pray in the Spirit. What are you talking about? Well, you need to find out what I'm talking about. Because it'll change your life. It'll change your family. It'll change the whole dynamic. 
let's quit there. I got more, but I, I, I just, any more, I hope you learn, Brad, when I pass the baton, don't wear people out. Somebody told me a long time ago, you got to be pretty good to go for an hour. <laughs> I'm not to pretty good yet, and I've been doing this a long time. Let's stand to our feet. If you're here today and you believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, then raise your hand. Born again. And I believe that's everybody in the room. If you're here today and you know you need to learn to pray more, let me see your hand. If you're here today and you know, you really know, your love walk needs to be developed, raise both hands. Father, I thank you. I thank you specifically, Holy Spirit, for showing us individually, revealing to us as a church body the areas in life that we need to work on. But, Father, you're such a good God, a loving Heavenly Father. You give us time to grow up. You give us Lord, and bestow your grace and your mercy upon us. When we fall down, you pick us up, dust us off, and say, keep going. That's you, Father, and we appreciate you. We love you for it. Father, we do not at Harvest Church want to remain as children tossed to and fro, but we want to grow and mature this year. We want to do great things for you this year. We want to develop our spiritual gifts this year. We want to learn to overcome this year and walk in the authority of the believer. Lord, today, everyone say this with me. I cast every care, every concern, every worry, every fear upon you because you care for me. Lord, we give it to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us in the days ahead, strengthening us in the days ahead, revealing to us the things that we need to change in the days ahead. And Lord, you not only tell us what we need to change, but you give us the grace to do it. And we love you for it. I call these people here today blessed, spiritually, blessed, physically, blessed, financially. I call these people today overcomers, for the greater one resides within them. I call these people today sons and daughters of the Most High God, vessels of honor, sanctified and useful for the Master, and prepared for every good work that's up ahead. Oh, Father, I thank you, Lord. We go out today with joy and we're led forth with peace, 
knowing that you're taking us by the hand and leading us every step of the way. So, Father, I thank you not our will today, but your will be done. Your kingdom come. We surrender all to you, Lord. We're all works in progress. And we thank you, Father, for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you have not been filled with the Spirit of God, and I'm not going to take time today and call a line to do it, but you need to get a hold of me, or you need to get a hold of Pastor Brad, and, and we'll communicate to you and share with you what that's all about and pray with you. Because that's, that's critical in the days ahead. And if you're, in, if you're here today and you need prayer for your physical body, I want to pray for you. I don't want to leave without anybody that's, that's fighting infirmity or sickness or whatever. 